Back in March and April, when the coronavirus first hit our shores, many doctors and and medical professionals warned us that this was something we needed to take seriously. And most of us, to one degree or another, we heeded that warning. There were a few, though, who were very vocal that they thought this pandemic was was a hoax. That was in April. Sadly, since April, there have been a few stories in the news about people who had vocalized their opinion that the coronavirus was a hoax, only to later succumb to the virus. You know, ultimately, our opinion on the coronavirus doesn't matter. The virus is an objective reality, whether we acknowledge it or not. Doctors and medical professionals warned. They sounded the alarm bell about the pandemic, and some chose not to believe the warning. I couldn't help but think of this dynamic as I reflected on our first reading today where the Lord appoints the prophet Ezekiel watchman for the house of Israel. Ezekiel is the watchman entrusted with the task of warning Israel about a far deadlier danger than the coronavirus, sin. The Lord tells the prophet if he doesn't warn the wicked um, about the destruction Uh, If he he doesn't want the wicked that they're on the road to destruction, excuse me, Ezekiel will be held accountable. Likewise, in our gospel, we see Jesus essentially say the same thing to his disciples. The disciples are told they have the duty of confronting the evil of sin in their neighbor. In these readings, they remind us of a particular duty the church has to warn the world of the wickedness of sin, which if left unchecked leads to spiritual eternal death. While this duty falls to the clergy, to priests, bishops, the Pope, first and foremost, that doesn't mean everyone else is off the hook. We are our brother's keeper, and in virtue of our baptism, we all have the duty of warning our neighbor about the danger of sin. But regardless of who is trying to do the warning, when the church tries to uh, teach and preach to, to warn about the danger of sin in this age, we run into a problem, a problem that is somewhat similar to the problem medical professionals did with the pandemic. Here's what I mean. Just as there were those who claimed the coronavirus was a mere hoax, so too there are some, perhaps many today, who when they hear the church warn about the dangers of certain sins, simply shrug their shoulders and chalk it up to a matter of opinion, seeing the the moral teachings of the church as arbitrary rules. The truth is that sin like the coronavirus, is an objective reality. And sin is deadly and dangerous, regardless of our opinion. Let me give an example of what I'm talking about. I went to seminary in St. Louis, and every year we would be assigned a parish um, to help out on the weekends. One Sunday, in between Masses, I'm, I'm having a cup of coffee with the pastor, and we got to talking about marriage prep, and in particular, Um, working with cohabitating couples in marriage prep. These are couples who live together before they're married, something the church has taught uh, is immoral. And he said something which at first will sound odd, but I actually actually think it's a profound insight. He said that in the mid-80s, when he was first ordained, at least cohabitating couples lied to him. Now they see nothing wrong with what they do. Now, you might be thinking, okay, isn't it better for couples to be honest with the priest in marriage prep? Yes, absolutely it is better, but that wasn't his point. His point was that in the 1980s, cohabitating couples knew they were doing something wrong, which is why some chose to lie about it. Today, most cohabitating couples see the church's prohibition as an as a arbitrary rule imposed on them. 
or perhaps um, an opinion, and an old-fashioned one at that. You know, this is what is true of cohabitation. It's true of many of the church's hard moral teachings today. I mean, pretty much just fill in the blank. Abortion, contraception, pornography, so-called gay marriage. Take your pick. They are very often dismissed as others as an arbitrary, old-fashioned rule uh, or a mere opinion. There are reasons why the church teaches what she does in regards to all those uh, issues. But those reasons, explaining those reasons, won't do any good to people who are convinced morality is about arbitrary rules, mere opinion. What concerns me about this anecdote about cohabitating couples is that it illustrates a growing problem in our culture, a problem that I've often preached about, the danger of relativism. Relativism is the idea that truth, especially moral, religious truth, is relative to a person or group of persons. Relativism is problematic because it trivializes the Catholic faith and the church's moral teaching, reducing it to the level of opinion or preference. Relativism convinces people that an objective, deadly reality, namely sin, is merely a matter of opinion when it is anything but. As the Venerable Fulton Sheen once said, quote, moral principles do not depend on the majority vote. Wrong is wrong, even if everybody is wrong. Right is right, even if nobody is right. To insulate ourselves against relativism, we need to shift our thinking on sin and morality. And let me give a hypothetical example that I think can help. Let's say I have a brand new Chevy truck. I don't, but let's say I, I did. And the Chevy truck has a diesel engine. I bring it home from the dealer and I open up the user manual and turn to a page where it says diesel fuel only. A little bit later, I take off the, gap, uh, the gas cap and it also says diesel fuel only. And suddenly this really gets under my skin. I think to myself, who does Chevy think they are to tell me what kind of fuel I can or cannot put in my truck? I'm not going to live by Chevy's rules. I will determine for myself what fuel I put in my own truck. Let's say I then go and put unleaded fuel into my diesel truck. What will happen? The engine will be completely ruined. Now think about this. After flouting Chevy's um, rule, quote-unquote, to only use diesel fuel, am I more free or less free? Am I better off or worse off? Here's the deal. Chevy is the creator of that truck. It designed that truck uh, in such a way that diesel fuel enables it to drive well and unleaded fuel is destructive. When Chevy says diesel fuel only, it's not some arbitrary rule it's imposing on us. It's connected to uh, the very nature of the truck, so to speak. In, in a similar way, so is it with God and his laws. God is our creator. He designed us, and his laws are not random, arbitrary rules imposed on us. Nope, they are connected to our ultimate good, to our ultimate flourishing, to the ultimate happiness that he has in store for us. You know, as Catholics, we believe God revealed himself, and those truths necessary for salvation, including his law. God is he who cannot deceive nor be deceived, so we know with absolute certitude what he has revealed to us in sacred scripture and sacred tradition is true. And the laws that he give us, gives us, uh, they are given to us so that we can flourish and fulfill the ultimate purpose he has created us for. 
God gives us the law so that we can be truly happy, so that we might become the saints he created us to be. Now, that's the proper understanding we should have on sin and morality, that it's not uh, about arbitrary rules, it's not about opinion, uh, that it's deeply connected to our personal happiness, that the law is given that we might be good and fulfill the purpose we have been created for. But our readings today, they don't command us to have the proper perspective on morality and sin, good though that is, they tell us we have a duty to go and warn our neighbor about the deadly danger of sin. Now we need to have the proper perspective on morality and sin to do that, but but even still, there's I, I imagine there's hesitation in the hearts of many of us as we hear that, right? Because we live in a society where if I go and warn someone about the danger of sin, I might be called judgmental. You know, Christ did say, judge not yes ye, yet lest ye be judged. But he was speaking about persons. We are not to judge persons. We are to judge actions. Otherwise, the gospel for today makes no sense if we aren't able to judge actions. What I think we need to have is we need to have an understanding um, about the law in light of love. And this is what we get in our second reading from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, where we hear that the commandments are summed up in saying, you shall love your neighbor. Love does no evil to neighbor, hence love is the fulfillment of of the law, St. Paul says. To love is to will the good of another. And so if sin is a real and objective, uh, if sin is a reality and objective, if, if grave sin left unchecked leads to eternal death, then it is the very opposite of loving our neighbor to merely overlook sin. If we love someone, we will not ignore the deadly reality of sin. Now, it must be done uh, appropriately. You know, Christ gives very specific uh, instructions in our gospel. You know, it needs to be discreet. It needs to be respectful. It needs to be coming from a place of love. In the end, let's pray that God will preserve our minds from the poison of relativism. Let's pray for the grace to see the moral teachings of the church, especially the hard, so-called hard teachings, is coming from our loving God who wants us to flourish. And let's pray for the courage and grace to truly love our neighbor enough to warn them of the danger of sin. For if we don't, God will hold us accountable.